Hello, everyone, and welcome to People Who Are Somehow Important to My Well-Being, the podcast. I'm Sydney, and I'm the host and the creator of the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Grace Romanello, who was recently seen on the Mean Girls National Tour as a swing, dance captain, fight captain, and understudy for Gretchen and Karen, or you may also know her from TikTok. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? So nice to meet you. Good to meet you too. Thanks for asking me to do this. I like literally I saw Mean Girls eight times and I never oh, met you. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. So I've yeah. been starting with telling my guests how they're important to my well-being and why I brought them here since hence the name people who are uh-huh. important to my well-being for you I like have always Mean Girls was always my favorite movie and then when I knew it was a musical I like grew up doing musical theater and I always loved the musical and like when it was on Broadway like obviously I knew who all the people were whatever but then when the tour started it wasn't coming to I think it was coming to East Lansing first (laughs) it wasn't coming to East Lansing until like end of 2020 I don't know I mean obviously that did not happen it all changed anyway but (laughs) but I so I hadn't like really seen a lot of the tour and I was more used to like what was on Broadway but then obviously that changed because I found your TikTok like one day it just like came up on my for you page it was so cool getting to see like everything you were showing like as someone who loved the show so much like I needed to see that and then when I saw the show the first time I ever saw it was in East Lansing you were the one of the only people I knew that was like in the show because mm-hmm. I followed you on TikTok I was hoping you would be in it but I, I wasn't in it at all in East Lansing I think that was one of the only only cities that I wasn't in a single show really um, yeah I'm so sorry <laughs> yeah I wasn't oh, in any shows that week I was doing like social media stuff for the show backstage that whole week I don't even know if I stepped out on stage if I'm honest <laughs> <laughs> it's okay but I like it was my spring break at the end of that week and I went to Mexico and I'm like sitting here in Mexico texting my friends like please send me a picture of the board and who's in the show and <laughs> you were never in it but... I was never in it <laughs> but I saw it in Detroit I'm pretty sure you weren't even there I was not even even in the city. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that was my vacation. Detroit was my vacation. So I wasn't there for either of the Detroit weeks that we were there. And then I'm just like walking through my low mean girls path. I promise this has a purpose. No, no, do it. I love hearing about it. So nice. Then I saw the show. I left the country, saw it in Toronto. You okay. I wasn't. Or not. <laughs> I was. I feel like I was a lot in Toronto. I'm so but sorry. <laughs> it was um like the last group of new people. Like they're first week oh okay I remember that because I because then we oh, so then I probably wasn't on really yeah. no I probably yeah. wasn't on at all because they were all new so they were all just jumping into it yeah right right yeah. and we could finally stage door and I was so excited I was like well if she's not on the show at least I'll be able to meet her and I think I was like talking to someone at the time and I saw you just like dart away and I was like okay bye oh, no, you should have said something I would have stopped I'm so sorry <laughs> It's fine. Sorry, I'm missing you. I know. Then I, my last, this, so that was the seventh time. I saw it the eighth and final time, my spring break, I went to LA and you guys were in Costa Mesa. My friend oh, okay. broke down and we saw it and you weren't on. Oh my God. And I did not see you at the stage. I like did not see you at all at the stage. Costa Mesa. It was opening was, night. Oh, opening night. Yeah. Opening night is usually not a crazy night for swings unless it's like it was a last minute thing. Like people have just had a day off and so they're kind of chilled right. coming back into it. Right. Um, it usually 
usually, if we were on on the first day, it was usually a very last minute thing. I seem to be just missing you. But you should have stopped me in Toronto. I would have said hi. I like, I'm sorry. It was such like a, like, I think I blacked out. I really don't remember. Someone was probably citing my playbill or I was talking to someone. Yeah. I don't know, but just like basically like you showed a side of theater that a lot of people didn't. Plus like all your TikToks kept coming up on my free page. And so, (laughs) but it just made me fall even more in love with the show. So thank you. That's that's really sweet. That means a lot to me. Thank you. I'm always I'm a big Grace Romanello TikTok fan <laughs> that's so uh, sweet and people still send me your TikToks I'm like I know who this is but thank <laughs> I I see I'm not that. even doing Mean Girls anymore <laughs> how did you get into performing so I me and performing go way way back um my family is kind of a family of performers my dad and mom actually like met doing a show uh when they were in their early 20s so they were kind of always involved in theater my uncle is involved in theater my aunts my grandmother so we all kind of had some kind of involvement in it and the first show I saw was my mom doing I think it was it was either Pippin or Joseph and that was I think I was like two one and a half maybe um and then Soon after that, my sister did Annie um, and she played Molly. Awesome. She was seven and I was four. A classic. And apparently I learned the entire show so that if at any point she got sick, I could do it. Oh my God. And my mom was like, that was kind of when I knew that you actually loved theater. Um, you always meant to be a swing, I guess. I think, I think I was. I really was always meant to. I was like, I'm ready when you call out. I'm there. But yeah, so I kind of always loved it. And then I would put on little shows in the living room and my first uh, real show was when I was seven. Um, I played Tiny Tim in A Christmas Carol. And then after that, I just did like community theater and stuff like that. And then I did my first professional show when I was like nine or 10. And I did Evita at Theater by the Sea, which is like a regional theater in Rhode Island. And then it kind of just kept going. Like I, I never stopped. Um, I started dancing a little bit later. I started dance when I was, I want to say like nine or 10 about the same time that I did that show started as a tapper um so I tapped for a year before doing anything else and basically the only reason I did that was because somebody at theater by the sea that I was working with I was like I was known and I was like I'm a singer and somebody there was like if you want to make it in theater like if you actually want to do this as a career they were I was 10 they were like if you want to do this as a career you have to dance so I was like okay so I started dancing and then I fell in love with it and I became a competitive dancer I kind of stopped um, doing musical theater for a bit because I was just so into competitive dance. Mm. And then when I was like 13, I did a couple more professional shows. Um, and then I got my first professional adult contract when I was 16, also at Theater by the Sea, doing Young Frankenstein. And that was kind of like where I was decided to commit, like, this is what I want to do 100%. Oh, that's so cute. So it was, yeah, it was like a lifelong. It was in your blood. <laughs> I, I really think it was. Like, I genuinely, there was never a point in my life that I was like, I could actually see myself doing something else mm-hmm. I had thought about because I I think I'm <laughs> in the in the not in a not weird way I think I'm very good at like arguing and debating and I was like maybe I should be a lawyer and I thought no. about going to law school and then I just realized I was like I don't like school like I and that's just me I feel totally, totally my my thoughts um and it wasn't about education I loved learning but I didn't like schooling mm-hmm. um and I was good in school it just wasn't something I wanted to go more years for right. um and then I also realized I don't really like the negative side of arguing where like people get upset so I was like I don't want to do that and that was the only other thing that I ever really thought like maybe I could do this mm-hmm. so it always was theater for me did you ever want to I know you didn't go to college for musical theater or college but (laughs) (laughs) did you ever like consider that or was that just never like in the picture 
It was, it was a thought. I had toured a couple schools. I went to like, I went to tour Pace and Marymount Manhattan and oh, classic. <laughs> the classics. immediately I walked in and I was like, no. Um, and I just, I knew that it wasn't meant for me. And I went to a, a private Catholic high school. So they didn't love that. Uh, I was the only person from my class that didn't go to college oh, and they didn't love that either. <laughs> um, but I, I just, I knew once I had toured those schools, I was like, I just want to perform. Like, that's all I want to do. It's what makes me happy. And I can see myself doing this mm -hmm. for my life. And, and eventually I want to go into the creative side of things. Um, whether it's, you know, the creative process of creating a show or casting, but that's kind of down the road. And I always know that like college and education is there. If I ever decide to go back, that's, that'll be my choice at the time. And if it feels right, I will. Um, but it just wasn't right for me at the time. And I knew that. Well, speaking of being a swing, for anyone listening, Grace was a, you were a swing you were dance captain, you were fight captain, and you were an understudy for Gretchen and Karen. So after, with all that, how were you able to do it all? How were you able to balance everything on the road? Um, it, I mean, it's hard. Like being a swing is is hard enough and doing all those other things was definitely just adding on to it. But I, I think because I, I didn't get all of those positions at once, right? You know, I kind of gradually built those. Like I was hired just as a swing. Um, so I learned my first eight tracks and then, which is, I mean, that's a lot, but it, it took time and I figured out my process and I got there. And then during the rehearsal process, like in the first, I think week or two, they were like, do you want to be our fight captain? And I was like, sure, why not? So I took that on, which wasn't a ton of extra work. It was just making sure that like the logistics of the fights and the falls stay consistent, that we keep it safe, but also looking realistic, running fight calls, very, very simple um, for this show because there wasn't a ton of fighting. Right, Shows like Hamilton. <laughs> right, where there's a ton of fighting and, you know, West Side Story where they have props and stuff. Right. Like we didn't have all that. Good hands. <laughs> um, so I can't speak on that just for my Mean Girls experience, it wasn't too difficult. And that's what I did for the first six months. So I really had time to solidify myself as a swing and fight captain and just really work on those. And then when we shut down, during the shutdown, our stage manager had called me and said like, hey, are you interested in becoming assistant dance captain or dance captain? And I was like, I don't know if dance captain is really my thing, just because I had never dance captain something that big. But I was like assistant for sure. And then Niani, who was my amazing swing sister for so long on that show, became our dance captain. And I was ecstatic because she is like the most calming, amazing, beautiful soul I've ever met in my life. So I was so excited to take that on. And she made that transition really easy for me as well. And it was her first time really dance captaining. I'm not sure if it was the ensemble before COVID. Was, yeah. So for the first six months, she was in the ensemble and then she she asked to switch to be a swing and dance captain, which is huge. And she took that on with so much grace and so much poise and elegance. And she was just wonderful in every possible way to work with. And she made that transition into assistant dance captain really easy for me. We found something that worked for us and that made it a really easy transition. And then because I had taken on the position of assistant dance captain, I was doing a lot of dance captain duties and I had to learn all these roles and teach all these roles, which made it a lot easier for me to transition into an understudy because I had taught it so many times. I was like, yeah, yeah, I know it pretty well at this point. And I've listened to the show about 80,000 times. Like I know, <laughs> I know the the lines and stuff. And then it was kind of just about finding my own uh, style in each role. So it was kind of, I got very lucky in that sense that it's not like I went in and they were like, okay, you're going to cover 15 tracks. It was like, okay, learn your eight and then learn the fighting and then learn, like become assistant dance captain. So learn all of the other ensemble tracks, learn the basics of the principal tracks. And then I learned my understudies and it was kind of spread out. After seeing Mean Girls, I was like, I wish I could perform 
performed. So it brings back those memories. And I feel like a show like Mean Girls too, that's right. really energy and it kind of gets the audience into it. You know, it's a show like that does make you miss it. Just like getting to like the feeling of being on stage, just like the, you know, but. I know that feeling. Um, that was how I feel like, especially the first time we came back after we had shut down and the Maasai part of It Roars where Katie just sings like, I have danced with the Maasai, that part. Mm-hmm. And she's just standing on stage and just her and the orchestra and like the beautiful set, like the LEDs changing in the background. I started bawling. I was like, this is my home. <laughs> I was like, I'm back. Like that uh, kind of, I feel like funny. It Roars really evokes those emotions. <laughs> like even like every time I would see it. I know you've made a lot of TikToks about this, but what was life on the road like? Like, how did you manage to like be a functioning human while also constantly traveling, like literally weekly and picking up and leaving every time? I'm being honest. I don't know if I did function. Um, I don't know. I don't know how well I functioned. No, you definitely, (laughs) it it takes time to adjust to. I think because I had had experience working on cruise ships, I had been used to living out of a suitcase and and whatever. Not that I didn't unpack on the ship, but like having just a limited amount of stuff and a small room. I had had that experience and just kind of being with one group of people for a long period of time. That being said, it definitely changed after COVID. Uh, It became a lot more difficult. It was a lot more strict. There was a lot more pressure, especially on swings, not just from the company, just from the industry in general. There was a lot of pressure on swings to stay healthy and be present and, you know, be the best that you can be because people are going to get sick. And it's like, well, what about if swings get sick? Right. Um, So I felt a lot of pressure that most of it probably came from myself because I wanted to, especially once I took on the role of assistant dance captain and eventually dance captain, I wanted to be a good example. And I wanted to, you know, practice what I preach of, of being like, you know, it's important to take care of yourself. Also, it's very important to have fun and live your life, especially on the road. Felt like some of it kind of fell on my shoulders, which I definitely put on myself. Like you, you have to find your groove with everything. So when it came to like packing, I got that down to a science so that it wasn't like a whole shebang every time I had to pack up every week. I got that down to a science, even like going out and stuff like that. It was, that was probably like the hardest part after COVID was figuring out how to have more of a social life. Because even if you're hanging out with one person, if that one person then gets COVID, then you're exposed and then other people could be exposed because you hung out with someone after them. So it was kind of just a lot of pressure in that area. To be fair, I didn't get COVID until like July of 2022. When you got COVID. It was, it was like a long time after. And so that was really hard. Just kind of the, the, honestly, the pressure of tour life is really what was the hardest. It wasn't tour life itself. It was just the pressure I put on myself about it. If that makes sense. That makes sense. Was it hard? Like, because I am someone who like, I need to like get comfortable somewhere and like settle before I can like function. Like, was it hard going from like, like when you had like the one week's was it hard finally settling and then having to pack everything up again and then again I think it's something I just got used to I got used to the you know you're here for a week you pack up you go and I think also because my life was so planned out in terms of how it looked obviously I had free time during the day but it's not like I was you know going on vacations or going home to see my friends and family it was like okay I meet up with someone from the show we go get a coffee and then maybe we'll you know go bowling or something and then go to the show like it wasn't it wasn't like I had you know multiple days off where I could go and do things mm-hmm. um, on the off chance I did it was like a day trip somewhere so it, it, I, I had a pretty strict schedule so I think that made it easier with the adjusting I think you just get in the mindset of like you know it's coming so you don't really settle down too much and it's not like I needed to because my schedule was always the same that's um, true and like your job's at night so you have the whole day exactly. 
Exactly. Honestly, the hardest part of the moving around aspect was the show itself, just being in a different theater. Harder than being in a different hotel room for me. Like, yeah, I couldn't settle down, but it's not like I had much to take out anyway. But for the theater with the show changing in every location, because, you know, the, the backstage space is different. So our quick changes are in different spots. Like that was the hardest part, especially as a swing. I would not be able to remember. It's, just, it's a lot to keep track of. Because I'm like, I'm already keeping track of the entire show on stage. And now as a swing, I have to remember the eight tracks that I cover full time, all of their quick changes that have changed. Mm. And I have to keep track of like the two principal tracks that I cover. And I have to have an idea of where everyone else is because I can't run into them. The backstage traffic is just as important as the onstage stuff as a swing. And it takes a lot of brain work. Because mm. like on stage, you only have so many places you can go. And the show usually stays pretty much the same places like Detroit, Cisco, we had like cut shows. Right. So we had to cut certain set pieces. Like we couldn't fit the emoji cart uh, during Apex Predator. We couldn't fit Katie's bed. So we had to repurpose Regina's bed to be Katie's bed. When I saw it in Detroit, opening night was canceled because mm-hmm. of like having to fix the stage. And then I saw like the opening night in Detroit. Uh-huh. I was always going like that Wednesday. Yeah. And it, like the mayor of Detroit was there. He because oh, wow. he's Nadina's uncle. Oh right, I forgot about that. Yeah, he is, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. So he um he came on stage. He declared it Mean Girls Day in the city of Detroit. Like all was well, whatever. And then I didn't like really realize what was different. But like as someone who had seen the show, I guess twice before that, but like, you know, the slime tutorials I've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like instantly noticed that things were different and like the bed was different. And I remember Katie's house like coming down for Uh it was like in between like more is better and whose house. And and it was stuck. And English is out just like Aaron (laughs) and this piece of just like dangling there and then oh they- good so they couldn't fly the house out to get the bed in no the bed was like still under this house was like hanging like right over it yeah. and we were like hello like <laughs> then they stopped the show and then she redid yeah. it like so funny because she's just like yelling for Aaron and Aaron ain't coming like yeah yeah <laughs> you know, I've been there. your stuff ever like get lost because I feel like I'd be so unorganized it happened one time. Um, it's a funny story, actually. I witnessed my bags go onto another plane. I could see them because I was like, I have pink bags with orange tags on them. Oh, like I knew we were going to, I want to say Knoxville, and my bag ended up in Dallas. Um, so oh. did like twelve other people's bags. Oh, it was not it just wasn't just you. It wasn't just me. It was a lot of us. And I remember I looked out the window and I was like, excuse me, I'm so sorry. I think that might be my bag going onto that plane. She's like, oh no, no, no. There's no way that would be your bag. I was like, I, I think it is though. It's pink with orange tags. And she was like, it would have to go through so many different things, blah, blah, blah. And uh, it, it was my bag. I literally watched it go on and everyone was like, Grace, that's your bag. I was like, I know she doesn't believe me. So Did they send it back or whatever. They sent it. Um, All of our bags ended up getting there at like midnight. Switching gears a little. Well, not really. But going more to the TikTok side of things, obviously you have this presence on TikTok. What does having this platform and being able to share all of this and just like in general mean to you? It's really cool. It was something that I kind of didn't 
expect, and I, I'm a smaller creator, but I didn't even expect that. You know what I mean? I think the first video that I had that kind of got some traction was um, me talking about my audition story. That was like early 2020. That was right after the shutdown. So I was kind of just like, I don't know what to do with myself. Like I'll start making videos. And I didn't really have at that point kind of a niche or anything like that. It was kind of just, I was talking about life and things. And then that video kind of gained some traction and people started asking me questions and asking me about Mean Girls. And from there, I just started answering questions. And eventually I kind of found what made the most sense for me and what you know people wanted to learn. And a lot of it, I wanted to be really informative because I wanted to kind of show things that people didn't really show very often. And I feel like now it's becoming more normalized to show like backstage stuff and even like just how you feel about things and that's something I always want to be really raw about is like my emotions going through this stuff and that took me a while to kind of get to on TikTok is being really raw in that sense and if you're going through especially if you're going through a different you know personal struggle being in that kind of situation just really elevates all of those emotions and I wanted to be really honest about that and that was something I kind of started to do only more recently but that has meant a lot to me to kind of get to that point of being able to talk about those things and just be like there's no shame in any of those emotions so that has been really huge for me and just seeing the support that has come from that has meant the absolute world to me. And something I really love about the kind of community and TikTok that I'm a part of is that everyone is really kind. It really is an overwhelming amount of love and support. And that is huge for me. I also think that because you are so vulnerable, like it makes you more like relatable, like people <laughs> will come to you for these things now and like almost like instill this like trust in you like with these topics because you're talking about them you know what I mean yeah and I want I you know and yeah it's 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 hard when you're going through it to not to to think like other people are not going to judge me for this like it's it's a common thing that people have to go through and so many people go through the same struggles not that everyone's struggles are the same but people can experience very similar situations and so having gone through things and then seeing people like I've gone through a similar thing this has meant a lot to me like that's really all I could ask for you know people would reach out to me and be like, I'm now going to be a swing. I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, do you have any ideas? And that's why I started making like my tips and tricks videos about mm -hmm. like how I make my track sheets and stuff like that. Cause I was like, that's stuff that no one had taught me. Like I had to figure it out for myself. I also think too, like, yes, I love Mean Girls. I love the show. I loved learning about the people in it just as much as I loved seeing it. Like learning who all of you were like through social media and through seeing your TikToks, knowing you basically like not as your characters, but as people people like people. as someone who wasn't able to stage door because of COVID and I think that like I learned so much like random fun facts that nobody would ever know yeah. about just like like I'm sitting in the audience I'm like did you know that the set looks like it's painted <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite thing I love I that know. I love that fact I've talked about that a few times because I was like it's so cool and nobody knows this and um, you don't those things up close so <laughs> oh no definitely I didn't know that for like the first couple months I was like what are you talking about that doesn't make any sense. And then I was like, wait, hold. And all of it came together. I was like, that makes so much sense. It's so right. smart. I feel like people also do forget that we are people sometimes. I feel like that sounds like such a pretentious thing for me to say, but well, I mean it like, just because we we are these characters on stage. We're not ourselves, you know? So then when people meet us, sometimes they expect us to be like our characters or like sometimes I know if people were having a really, really off day and they did the show and then they wanted to go home. And like, if somebody kind of harassed them at the stage door, they were like, I'm, I felt so bad because it's like some people are just people that are kind of going through their own things and they need to just get home and decompress because they just perform for 3000 people and they're going through their own 
issues. I know that you just traveled, but what what are you up to now? I am about to go back to New York City. Next week I'll be going, um, and I'm actually staying with Eric Huffman for a couple of weeks who played Aww. Damien. Um, I'm staying with him for like- every, I saw him every show too. He was, he was pretty much always in there, but he was one of my close friends on tour. So I'm staying with him and we're going to go like see Lindsay and Titanic. And I'm so Aww. excited. I'll be looking for an apartment while I'm there. So I have like apartment tours that I'll be doing, hopefully signing a lease and getting back to New York by August. And I have a Jonas Brothers concert. So I'm very excited about that. Oh, I'm doing Doing a show at 54 Below on August 1st. That'll be my 54 Below debut. So I'm really excited about that. But other than that, I'm just getting back to New York City and getting back in the swing of things, back into auditions. Right now, there's not tons. So I'm not, you know, super focused on getting back. And I really wanted to travel a bit and see my family. And I met my family in Italy. So that was really awesome. So I want to do something fun with you. <laughs> okay. Since you are the Mean Girls superhero. You know, <laughs> Mean Girls, top to bottom, everything. Uh-huh. So as someone who I guess you would consider me a super fan of the show, uh-huh. I did see it eight times. I do know quite a lot that like not a lot of people know. So okay. I want to quiz your Mean Girls knowledge. <laughs> okay, it's so embarrassing if I could get this wrong then. Okay, put on your Mean Girls cap, Grace. Yeah, All right, let's get back into this. Let's yeah. do it. My captain understudy. Here we go. <laughs> like put everything that I forgot back into my brain right now. First question. What is Katie drinking at her party? Uh, Bubblegum schnapps. Okay. Well, <laughs> okay. That wasn't the answer I was thinking of, but yes. Yes. <laughs> well, bubblegum schnapps to come here. Well, oh, not soda. Yeah. Yeah. That was- not, I'm drinking not soda. Okay. Words from her mouth. I'm drinking not soda. Got you. And on my 21st birthday last year, my friend made me a shot glass that said I'm drinking. But I'm drinking not soda today. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. Next question. What shape is the bathroom pass? A whale. A carving of a whale. Carving of a whale. She I love that line. I think that line is so funny because it's just so like it is what it is. It's a carving of a whale. I think it's so good. <laughs> well done. Okay. Good writing. <laughs> um next question what is kevin g's real name sinatra conapria wow she just like spit that one out next question what score did aaron get on the pop quiz 85 and i got a hundred things wrong um okay my last question this is more of like oh. i feel like you would know this i just know this from seeing it so many times where are okay. the shoes that Regina gets Katie from where are the shoes from that Regina gets Katie oh Just- it's like on the it's on the wall it's in on the the- it's on in apex mm-hmm. are they from 135 no but no she- 135 was behind him I'm trying to imagine the stage right now. So we had one, three, five, and that was like where the emoji cart or yeah the emoji cart was, and then in front of it, huh? Think of like real shoe stories. No, we. Ha- I'm trying to think. We was it from Nordstrom's? No, but that was a bag. That was a that was one of the bags. Oh my gosh, I don't know where it was from. Shameless footwear. Shame. Oh man. Yeah. I was always standing behind it. And to be fair, when I would watch the show, I was usually watching from house left. So I couldn't really see it because the angle of the stage. So that's my excuse for not knowing that. It's okay. You got one wrong. I'm going to let you go. You're just so fun to talk to. <laughs> Lost track of time. I love chatting. I love chatting. And it's uh, nice to talk about this kind of stuff. I like don't talk about it as much anymore. So it's right. nice to kind of revisit. And I finally got to meet you. Where can people find you on social media? On social media? Um, 
all, I think all of my handles are at Grace Romanello, G-R-A-C-E-R-O-M-A-N-E-L-L-O. It was so nice to finally meet you. It was like a virtual. Really nice to meet you. Thank you so much for asking me to do this. This was so nice. That's all for this week's episode of people who are somehow important to my well-being. Make sure you follow at important to my well-being pod on Instagram and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts.